in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. All right, guys, we are here on another great episode of As I See It. I'm here with uh, the one and the only Dr. Jeff, Dr. Keg. You really got a lot of names here, Dr. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I answered anything. Close. Well, here's what I would really like to talk about today in preparation of November. Uh, I would like to get a lot of information out of your brain and, and inform our audience, our patients, about diabetes. Now, if... <laughs> Let's say we'll, we'll go back 18 months, okay? You and I didn't know each other. I'm, I stumbled across your podcast, and this podcast is trying to tie in diabetes and the place I go to get my eye exam. Now, let's start connecting those dots, Dr. Jeff. How in the world are we able to see anything about diabetes when it comes to a patient's eyeballs? It's a great question. First of all, the eye is the only place in the body where we can see blood vessels in their living state without having to cut into you. So that's a very important thing. I can see arterioles and venules and other changes that may be likely happening in other parts of the body. But by looking with our Optos technology or with dilation and with our fundus lenses that we use, our doctors can actually evaluate the health of the retinal blood vessels as a correlate to the blood vessels in your whole body. Hmm. Okay, so I I think I've heard, and, and I'm 39, I, I think I would associate uh, the word, I'll paint a big brush here and say glaucoma is the leading cause of blindness. Is that true? Actually, no. Glaucoma is a leading cause of blindness in okay. the world and fourth leading cause in the United States. But actually, diabetes and diabetic eye disease is the number one cause of new cases of blindness in the United States. Wow. So you're, you're in your annual eye exam. Uh, are there additional testing that you're having to do, Dr. Jeff? Or is this literally in every exam, the X amount of people that will walk through this practice today, all the uh, optometrists are looking are looking at the uh, for the same things. Absolutely. Our optometrists, our ophthalmologists are looking at the back of the eye for any signs of diabetes. Keep in mind, Cole, that, that there really aren't symptoms unless vision becomes blurry. But people can have diabetic eye health problems, diabetic eye disease, without any knowledge that they're losing any vision. Or they can even have 20-20 vision and still have changes on the back of the eye that may need to be monitored or even treated. So let's, let's break this down a little bit more simplistic for me. So if, if my fist, I'm holding a fist in front of Dr. Jeff, if my fist is the eyeball, glaucoma is, I, I'm getting fuzzy around the edges, correct? That's correct. Okay, you so I start losing my peripheral vision. That's okay. Right. And with diabetes, true or false, that I'm starting to lose more of my center vision. Yeah, let's talk about that. The way that people lose vision in diabetes. Um, the number one thing, I think it would be helpful for all of our patients to know, simply this is what happens. Diabetes affects some of the very small, tiny blood vessels in the body, in the eye, called the capillaries. These little capillaries are micro-small. So once in a while, because of excess sugar, let's say, or dietary changes that lead to diabetes, these little capillaries will start to bulge. We call those, because they're micro-vessels, micro-aneurysms. Mm. So when we look in the eye, we see small little red dots, if you will. 
if that continues, some of these micro aneurysms, these weakening of the capillary walls, will actually break and burst. And then we have a small hemorrhage that we call them dot and blot hemorrhages because they look like dot and blots. Mm, <laughs> and we can great. show you that on the, on the Optos images. Now, you can imagine if you have a broken blood vessel, but it's way off to the side and it's really, really small, you won't notice that. Mm-hmm. You, you won't come in here saying, you know, I got this little spot that I see over here because it's so small that people can't tell and they certainly won't feel it. However, if those happen near the central vision, we can see these type of changes, these microaneurysms changing uh, at the macula, our straight ahead vision. Whenever we have blood, that's associated with fluid. So if we have enough of these dilated or broken blood vessels, Mm -hmm. even though they're very small, they will start to leak fluid into the central part of vision. The number one cause of loss of vision in diabetes is fluid buildup, what we call macular edema. That that is responsible for 80% of vision loss in in diabetic patients. So, there I'm looking underwater, my vision gets blurry. But we can actually check it, test it, and by uh, by our studies, we can actually treat it before you lose any vision. In fact, it's very, very important that we don't wait till somebody says, well, I'm going to wait till I get blurry, right. then I'll come in. Right. That's why the importance of an annual eye health and vision exam with your optometrist or ophthalmologist. So, Dr. Jeff, um, if uh, a lot of people that... Um, put eye exams on the back burner and don't make it a priority every year, probably are not aware uh, of the new technology of taking a digital image of your eye. Talk to the patients for a second about the difference of um, having a dilated pupil, we'll just say five years ago, and not having the history of that that, um, test in in my chart versus today uh, taking a digital image and being able to go back, are you are optometrists looking at that history to go? You know what? I thought that was a dot and blot last time, but now historically, I can see that's actually getting bigger. They're they're getting larger. That's a, that's a great question. So we know that classically, historically, we needed to dilate the pupils to be able to see the retina the best with our lenses. We also know that when we dilate the pupil and the doctor sees something and then draws he or she what she sees, mm-hmm. that we didn't major in art and so we may make a good drawing we may make a bad drawing we may draw some of the things not all of the things it's helpful but we've always known that a picture and a picture in the past was pretty beneficial we identify something with dilation we say i want to take a picture of that because i want to follow it because it draws better than i do and then we look at that serially year by year or every six months to see if things are changing What's been a radical improvement has been digital technology, not just a picture, but the ability to dynamically through an undilated pupil, not just take a picture, which is a small little circle of light, but to be able to have a 270 degree view of all of the retina that can then project onto a screen where I can see it, but the patient can see it too. And the patient really gets a chance to connect to their body. When I say I'm seeing something that concerns me, I see a small broken blood vessel here and some little micro dilations in this area, I can actually show the patient on these uh, Optos technology. Interesting thing is uh, you'll hear all the time about 
dilation, dilation, dilation. But that's because insurance companies and the state of the art doesn't necessarily um, start with the innovators and the people that have more advanced technology. It kind of waits till it's the last vestige of stalwarts that add that technology and then they go, oh, well, now this is efficacious and beneficial too. So if the question is, should I be dilated or should I have an Optos image? I will tell you, if you have no previous history of diabetic retinopathy, I feel strongly that an Optos image is very beneficial. And the Joslin Diabetes Center agrees with me in that they did a study with with trained ophthalmologists and optometrists to say dilation versus the Optos imaging, which was better at picking up diabetes, and they were equal. And so the benefit I see is if they're clinically equal, and the benefit is, but yeah, with this, the patient connects to their body and they see the reason that they need to come back in six months or the reason they need to come back in one year. Now, what I believe is that for a general eye health and vision exam for a diabetic patient who has not had changes before, we're going to use Optos in general. Mm-hmm. If you want dilation instead, that is fine too. They're both equal. But if we do an Optos image and we see something that concerns us, then I'm going to dilate you and hone in more in a 3D view with some of my lenses to look at the retina. So they really, it's not so much an either or coal as much as they work together hand in hand. Okay. Well, I think you touched on a little bit of this, but what also is important on how Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care manages patients and diabetes? Good question. Well, we work very, very closely with our retinologist friends. Now, keep in mind, we don't just work with a general ophthalmologist on these type of cases because if we have changes at the retina, let's say this macular fluid buildup, this edema that builds up, then the treatment for that goes to a specialist that is a retinal specialist or a retinologist. Uh, So we have some excellent retinal specialists in this area that we work with very, very closely. They used to rotate through this office, but then they created their own office here in Franklin. Uh, We've got some in downtown Nashville. They're just really, really good. Um, I want to mention also that we may need the retinal specialist in those cases This is probably 5% of the cases we see of diabetes where we need treatment for the fluid buildup. But we may also keep in mind that sometimes when that fluid builds up for a long period of time and the retina can't breathe, then the brain in our body says, hey, I'm starving there for oxygen on the retina. So what does it do? It sends a message to grow new blood vessels. Hmm. Seems like a good fix, right? Hmm. Grow new blood vessels, get more oxygen. The problem is these new blood vessels, or what we call neovascularization, are very, very brittle, and they break very easily. And they also are kind of like elastic. Uh, they're, they're really sticky, and so they stick to things. And so if they stick to the retina, they can contract and pull the retina off, a retinal detachment. If they break, then they fill the eye with blood, a vitreous, or in the eye, hemorrhage. And so these new blood vessels, neovascularization, are also something that are really, really significant that we need to treat because those are the few, remember, less than, say, 20% or less of the cases of diabetes where somebody loses vision are due to new blood vessel growth and its complications like retinal detachment. All of these things need to be treated, and they're treated by the retinal specialist uh, once it's observed. It's kind of like... 
you know, we don't have a neurosurgeon do general evaluations of headaches. Mm-hmm. But in those few cases where a headache is attributable to a brain tumor or a vascular abnormality, now you need that neurosurgeon right. involved. That's their specialty. And that's the way we work with retinal specialists also. So, Dr. Jeff, let's talk about um, age groups and, and what I wrote down here is generalizations because I think um, w- when you're not as, as studied as you are, um, uh, people do, I think, generalize. So, is a 20-year-old coming in for an eye exam? Uh, and we'll, we'll make up percentages, okay? But what percent of uh, a young adult coming in for an annual eye exam are we seeing dots and blots on? Or is the generalization of, you know what, this is more than likely, again, generalizing, an overweight, older person? That's a a good point. Um, Remember that there are two kind of main types to generalize it of diabetes, some that you're effectively born with or happen at a very early point in your life. So so early onset diabetes. Uh, In this case, you're usually insulin dependent. Um, Because the changes on the retina typically take a while to develop the standard of care by standards, I mean what we have all agreed across the country is a reasonable time is within five years of diagnosis of an insulin-dependent early onset patient, we should see them for an eye health and vision exam. I will tell you that we as doctors and patients that are diagnosed with diabetes and also their physicians typically say, hey, I, I want to get it. I want it to be checked sooner. We just would hate to miss one of those rare cases where somebody had changes prior to us because they waited for five years. But the standards are five years. Now, in adults, and that gets to the, you know, very rare for us to see a 20-year-old that is not insulin dependent, that develops adult onset. It happens, and it happens usually in an asymptomatic case, but it's it's rarer. It wouldn't be the, the likely thing every day, every week in this, in this practice, or even every month in this practice, sure. okay? Now, in adults, much different. We have some areas of the country, Houston, for example, where nearly 10% of the population is developing or has developed diabetes. That is a huge number. Therefore, you're going to see a whole lot more of those adults that have diabetes, that have diabetic changes on the back of the eye. The standard of care in somebody who is diagnosed as an adult with diabetes is to be is to get an initial eye exam at the time of diagnosis and then to be followed every single year. And the reason for that, Cole, is that by the time you're diagnosed, you probably had this coming on for a while, maybe sure. well past five years, right. even if you didn't have symptoms. And therefore, we don't, we definitely don't wait on those patients. We see them right away, and then we follow them appropriately. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim this as my ignorant question: Are the markers or the indications equal or not equal when it comes to vision and medical? And here's what I'm saying: I'm of the opinion that. Uh, what we're talking about on the dots and blots are basically the history of the eye, right? I mean, you can see what is what has happened in my eye. Can I go and have um, early onset diabetes and pass a medical exam that I don't have it? Yes. Okay. So it's not just, hey, it's in my blood, right? So therefore, I have it today. So I guess my question is, is are we in some cases identifying in an, in an annual vision exam what is not being or... or I won't say is not being, but 
is not being identified at my doctor's office because I have no symptom. I'm not, they're not looking at that. Exactly. Or they didn't ask those questions and you didn't come right. in saying this is a big issue for me. And it also depends on how often you go in to have your quote general physical. Yeah, right. And we know that many people go in only when they're having problems. Okay. So yeah, there are a lot of factors that, that come into play there, Cole. And yes, it is not uncommon for us to see changes on the retina that then make us start to ask questions of the patient like are you extra tired are you going to the bathroom a lot uh, things like that that start to make us think about are you extra thirsty mm-hmm. uh, that start to make us think that you need to see your internal medicine doctor your family practitioner for a workup for diabetes sometimes we see peripheral small little hemorrhages and I will tell patients you know these can be from an in the eye problem or they could be related to diabetes but you know what good things get stay the same or get better and bad things get worse so typically on these really really early ones which quite frankly with Optos technology we can see these and we we, we think a lot of these we couldn't see when we just dilated right. and used our lenses because right. they're so small um, we typically see the, a patient back in about three to four months and, and kind of watch for those to see if they fade away, if it was just an incidental thing, and we follow those over time. In a few cases, if they're still there and they get worse, then we're going to order labs, uh, urinalysis, blood glucose, things like that, or we're going to more likely work with the general physician to get those labs and, and evaluate to make sure that the patient does not have diabetes without symptoms. So if I am listening right now, uh, number one, I need to make my annual eye exam, but I can also uh, reiterate this information to my parents. I think that's extremely important. Aside from, uh, I think there are so many things, and whether it's vision or medical, to your exact point, people just put off, right? We just did uh, a small video with our dry eye specialist, Dr. Waymeyer, and in in her video she mentions uh, people are coming in and saying, I didn't realize I had options, and I've been dealing with this for 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, it's just amazing to me how much people will deal with things not knowing that in some cases they're indicators for a larger issue. That's right. I always tell doctors that we aren't, you know, we, we call ourselves the primary eye health care provider because mm-hmm. we're your primary doctor. If we need a specialist, we'll get them involved. But you know what, Cole, the reality is we are not. We are the secondary eye care provider, the primary eye provider is the patient themselves. When they feel like it's not something that they can handle or they can deal with and they need a second opinion, they're going to make an appointment. Right. Once they're in the system, we're going to tell them how often they need to be sure. evaluated. Right. So, you know, like we said, um, early onset insulin diabetics, insulin dependent diabetics uh, within five years of diagnosis, but we usually recommend at the time of diagnosis to be to be safe. Um Certainly, we recommend that in adult onset diabetic patients because you're not going to necessarily have symptoms. The patients that are more likely to have signs of diabetes in the eye are those that have had it for a longer period of time, 20 years plus, because it takes a while to develop. Those that run a higher um, blood glucose rate, what we call, you know, we, we typically look at the three-month, the preceding three-month sugar rate, which is called the hemoglobin A1C. And your and your normal doctor that is managing your diabetes will give you the, hey, your three-month sugar was some number between six and 12, let's say. We'd like to see it under six, right? Um, we'd like a lower number. That's much better. 
So if you are at an 8.5 or a 9 and you have diabetes, the lower you can on average keep your hemoglobin A1c, the more strict control we will we would call that, the the better chance you have of not having changes on your retina. Keep in mind that changes on your retina also go along with that's called retinopathy, also go along with goes along with neuropathy or nerves and nephropathy our kidneys. So nephropathy, neuropathy, retinopathy are three of the more devastating complications that can come from diabetes and they typically run somewhat together. Hmm. This is very interesting. Optosignology, if you are in the Cool Springs or Donaldson area, definitely check out coolspringseyecare.com or donaldsoneyecare.com. Definitely make your eye exam appointment today, your annual eye exam appointment. Again, this is all around diabetes and November is National Diabetes and Diabetic Eye Disease Awareness Month. Now, while that's a mouthful, it's extremely important. You know, here at both of our practices, we put up uh, marketing materials, educational pieces throughout the office to educate about the Awareness Month. But for us, it's so important for those patients to go home and have those further conversations with their family members and to tell them what they've learned while they're there. Aside from the annual eye exam, things exactly like this. I know we went through the training last year and you, you did it in the staff meeting and I'll invite everyone to go to YouTube and search Cool Springs Eye Care and find our channel and you'll see Dr. Jeff and uh, a a group of people behind him with red and orange uh, pieces of construction paper. Uh, Just know that we're not wearing our mask because that was recorded last year but it's a really, really good uh, video to uh, visually explain everything that we've just talked about in this episode and uh, for John Q. Public, as I like to call he and she, uh, it really will kind of tie together some of the terminology used in here uh, from capillary bulge to micro um, aneurysms to uh, macular edema um, uh, to actually put those together for them to make sense. So definitely make your eye exam uh, today. You're listening to As I See It. As always, we really appreciate your attention. If you have not, please click on the subscribe button. That really helps us reach more uh, people and get the podcast in front of more people. And as always, please leave a comment. Dr. Jeff literally reads them every single week. So, Dr. Jeff, thank you very much. To our patients, thank you. Keep your eyes healthy.